Hello, and welcome to the All Saints Podcast. I'm Hugh Cole. Thank you for joining us this week. It's great to have you. This week, we have a very special episode, Father Ed Kelleher's final sermon at All Saints Church. Speaking personally, in addition to his passion, leadership, and love for our parish, Father Ed has been a great supporter of this podcast, and for that, I am so very grateful. And now, for the final time, Father Ed Kelleher with a sermon for Sunday, September 12th, 2021. Lord has instructed me in the gospel today to give you an opening theme, an opening message, an opening bit of truth. That Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. Yay. <laughs> I didn't tell him to say that. That was good. <laughs> Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. The first words you ever heard me say from this pulpit on September 11, 2011, 10 years and one day ago. I came here and I said that as an opening volley, knowing that nothing I could ever say after that would ever equal its power, and that it is to set the bedrock theme, the foundation of everything and everybody we are to be to one another. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, according to Bishop Salmon's teaching, makes it such that if that's true, and it is, nothing should ever be the same again. The way you comb your hair, the way you brush your teeth, the way you work your job, love your next door neighbor, are married to someone, nothing is to be the same if you believe the truth that Jesus has risen from the dead. And if you act contrary to that, you're doing much of what was spoken in the readings today. You're not walking with God and being who he intends for you to be. In the gospel today, Jesus said, as he begins teaching the apostles, that he must undergo great suffering, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, be killed, and after three days, rise again. There it is, like a watermelon with a baseball bat to hit, to say you need to know that that is the central theme of everything we do as Christian people. Jesus' resurrection on Easter morning is the very fulcrum of our lives, of the universe, of the world, and there's nothing else you need to look at in all the Bible and all of faith history than that to understand what is most important and why we worship the Lord. The 10 years that have passed, I said I was here on September 11th. It was the 10th anniversary of September 11th, the day I arrived. And it was kind of a hard assignment to preach because you want to preach the new vision, the new theme. I'm here, but that was important to us, especially with the Pentagon being so close to us. Now it's 20 years, 20. And I read something that hit me that children born right around September 11th are adults now. It's come that way. And might they appreciate fully all that that meant and the sacrifices that are made in this country for us to worship and freedom and how it is. But just as much as the transformation of the children have gone from birth to 20, I wonder about your transformation and mine. Are you the same person you were 10 years ago? If so, you've been phoning it in, just hitting a punch clock every day and not really putting your heart, heart into the work that the Lord has given us to worship him. We should all be different day by day. You should be different this week than you were last week. You should be able to tell me how you are different now than you were one year ago. And if you can't, you need to start figuring out why. And that's not to give you a hard homework assignment. I'm not saying you need to go out and work harder. You need to try harder. You know, stiffen up and get tough. Quite the opposite. Because growing in your faith is not an act of achievement or accomplishment. It's an act of surrender and following. It's so much easier than you think to transform because it doesn't involve you doing things and grinding your teeth and getting out there. It involves giving up who you are and saying to God, I surrender. Have your way with me. Change me, transform me. 
and the Holy Spirit comes into your life and suddenly you begin to look a little bit more like Jesus every day. That's how it happens. It's an act of surrender and following. It's not an act of accomplishment and achievement. Now, Patty and I came here on that Sunday 10 years ago, and we came to love you as a bottom line. In the ordination of every priest, we're talk God talks to us about how we have to go and feed my sheep, as Jesus says, to love and to sacrifice. We came to love you, but we also came to be loved by you, to love you and be loved by you. Well, let's go to the scorecard and see how that looks. Uh, as far as you loving us, you've been amazing, unbelievable, over the top. No rector has been loved the way you have loved me for 10 years. No rector's spouse has ever been loved the way Patty's been loved. You are off the charts incredible. You are truly a kingdom church of kingdom people who do what God calls you to do. But as to the scorecard for Patty and me loving you, that's for God and you to judge in your heart how well we may or may not have done. But I do tell you this, we gave it all we had. We really did. If it fell short, we're sorry. But we emptied our hearts for you. We emptied our buckets. We left nothing uh, on, on the field at all. We gave you everything, trying to sacrifice. For indeed, love is told in, our, in the sacrifice. Jesus says, today, if you want to become my followers, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. If you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will save it. Sacrifice. How do I know if my husband loves me? Well, does he sacrifice for you? How do I know if my next door neighbor is my true friend? Does your next door neighbor sacrifice for you? Love is told in the sacrifice as Jesus did on the cross for us. He died for us and sacrificed because he loves us. And he's showing us when he says, love others the way I have loved you, that that's the way to do it, by sacrifice. It's how we do it. There is virtually nothing whatsoever that Patty and I have either needed or asked for in the last 10 years that you haven't given us before we even were able to say it. You've taken care of us. Lord, poured your lives into ours and watched over us. And for that, we give you thanks and we give God thanks. As to your love for us, though, like I say, it's been extravagant, indulgent, luxurious. It's just gorgeous being loved by you. Absolutely. It sounds like a song. Let's write that song. It sounds like a song. Let's do that. Um, so much so that it genuinely hurts to leave you. Uh, Patty was looking at the cards and letters so many have sent. Then you left phone messages. The things you're saying in these cards and letters, I'm thinking, I'm way better than I think I am. I am really good. <laughs> I, I must be spectacular. <laughs> Excuse me, Lord. <laughs> but reading them, Patty said, I can't believe this. She said, Ed, these are the kinds of things people say about somebody after they die. <laughs> and we're getting to hear them now. And it made us wonder, what do you guys know that we don't know? There's something coming on here that we don't know. People have asked me a hard question. Nobody more so than the family pastor, BJ, Matthew, others have said, how are you doing there? They, they know it hurts. I love you. We both love you. And we're going and we're laughing, we're smiling and all, and it looks good. But inside, I'm, I'm hurting. For two months, I've been singing a song to myself. Anybody remember Smokey Robinson and the Miracles? Yeah. yeah. People say I'm the life of the party cause I tell a joke or two, right? But what is he doing deep inside? He's blue. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe it should be sung to you. You want it, you want it sung to you? No. Can, can you do this? Can you snap your fingers? Do it with me, everybody. But I need help. For 10 years, I've needed help. 
and for 10 years he's had my back. Joe, I need you, brother. All Come right. bail me out, Joe. I think what Ed is trying to say is, people say I'm the life of the party because I tell a joke or two. Although I might be laughing so loud and hearty deep inside, I'm feeling so blue. So take a good look at my face. You'll see my smile looks out of place. If you look closer, it's easy to trace the tracks of my tears. Yeah, y'all can sing along. So take a good look at my face. You'll see my smile looks out of place. If you look closer, it's easy to trace the tracks of my tears. We're gonna miss you. We're gonna miss you. We're gonna miss you. We're gonna miss you. to leave you. Uh, I put together kind of a collection of, a, you know you have senior superlatives in your high school yearbook? I did some superlatives for you. Things that will kind of help celebrate what we've done in 10 years. My favorite meal in the church in 10 years. Let's go right to the food. Right, there's going to be a banquet in heaven. Chef Glenn's Lomo Saltado. Oh, beef, onions, peppers, this Asian Latin fusion. Fabulous. Way to go, Glenn. My favorite vestry, I'm not joking, all of them. This church is blessed with the most unbelievable leadership imaginable in any Episcopal Anglican church in the world. In Tony Domitio, you have a senior ward now who's gonna lead us through this coming season. This vestry is powerful, intelligent, wise, experienced, sacrificial, and they're gonna take us forward. Our greatest spiritual accomplishment together, Wednesday night at six o'clock, when in the library, three, four, five, six, ten people, small number, get together and light up the furnace. I got it from Charles Spurgeon. They pray for the Holy Spirit to come to All Saints Church, to burn in this place, to sweep through this place, to protect and live and provide and empower us and do all the things the Spirit does. If you say we've had a great decade together, it's not because you had a great rector. It's because the Holy Spirit has answered the prayers that were given. Alongside of that are our prayer vigils another powerful spiritual success in the Lord. Um, our most important congregational accomplishment, if you'll allow that term, was when we got together, emptied our hearts, and sacrificially pulled off the kingdom campaign. 
and everybody provided funds that renovated the building from the steeple to the foundation, that expanded our mission and outreach to the poor in multiples. What we do for people now, we were never able to do before. Enlivened our staff, provided for our future. Our endowment has grown in multiples itself. The sacrifices that have been made have been wonderful. The greatest unseen selfless servanthood, altar guild, flower guild, choir, ushers, readers, acolytes, staff, volunteers, the hundreds of thousands of hours that are given that we don't see. These are the greatest selfless servanthood acts that have been there. Among my most favorite fulfilling blessings have been marrying brides and grooms who were in middle school when I got here. I met children and now I'm marrying them. We're going coast to coast, so to speak. Uh, it, it, that, that's just amazing to me. Uh, our favorite memory, my favorite memory of our times together. We went on a retreat up to Sandy Cove about 80 miles from here and 200 plus people showed up at the retreat. And I was new here still relatively and it was the first morning after going to sleep the night before and I walked into the huge dining room and there was our 200 strong congregation eating breakfast together. I felt like Moses in the wilderness with Israel. They were all there and it was joyful and the babies were running and the people were laughing and the oddest combinations of peoples at, people at tables was just wonderful. My greatest privilege in the Lord being with you. This one is second to nothing. My greatest privilege is that you have allowed me to walk with you through the deaths of your most beloved family members, through their funerals, through the mourning afterward, and I was privileged in the Lord to be there as you preciously entrusted your heart and your soul to me and said, my mother's dying, my father's dying, my baby's dying, we've had some of those, all these things. Can you walk with me? Can you stay by me? That's something intimate and special. You don't allow just anybody in. And those were my most privileged moments in the Lord. My favorite sermon illustration of my own. Somebody said, what's your favorite sermon? Somebody asked me, what's your my grandson, ranting and raving at five years old at his mother, my daughter, and just out of sorts and going crazy. And she said, that's enough of that. You stop right now. Use your words. Tell me what is in your heart. Speak what's in your heart. And the kid is seething. Right? He's just looking at me. He goes, okay, okay. He says, right now, my heart wants to kick you in the head. <laughs> now, now, why is that my favorite? It's honest and it's true. We need to confess that kind of mess inside of us. Confess that sometimes we feel like that even about God. It's an act illustration for where so many of us are and how we are. My favorite ego stroking moment. This one, forgive me Lord before I say it, my favorite ego stroking moment. I'm standing out in the hallway by the kitchen down there by the elevator. And I look all the way in the distance down toward the choir room past the fellowship hall. And there is Ailey Burricker. BJ and Kimberly's daughter. She was maybe three, maybe four. I don't know how old she was. And filled with Jesus and the idea that Jesus is at church. She looks down the hallway and sees me and screeches and screams and runs to me and says, Hi, Jesus! And <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, Lord, I confess that for 10 or 15 seconds, I didn't correct it. I just let her hug me. I did. <laughs> I just savored the flavor and did that. And then last of all, I've got to leave you with this. My most humbling moment. The moment I was most humbled 
and the moment that I knew really who I was and who I was not. Uh, it was a winter night about 6, 6.30. I was the last one in the church, and as you know, in winter nights, it's dark. And I'm shutting out all the lights and locking the doors and preparing to leave. And I go down the hallway to that same spot by the elevator, by the kitchen, ready to leave and go out down the stairwell. Then I hear a noise behind me and realize I'm not the last one in the building. Somebody else is here. And I look down, and there is our intrepid minister of music, Peter Christofuli. And he was down by the choir room, as he ever does, working long hours to prepare beauty for you on every Sunday morning. And I see him in the distance, and I felt I should acknowledge him. And I said, hey, Peter, I'm heading out. Do you need me? And he responded in a shock. He didn't even think about it. He said, no, I need Jesus, and I already have him. You can go home. <laughs> In the same way, every pastoral bone and fiber within me looks at you, who I love. And it's our last Sunday for me to preach here like this. And I say to you all together, I say, hey, I'm heading out. <laughs> Do you need me? And I imagine in the theater of my mind, in one collective voice, all of you saying back to me, no, we need Jesus, and we already have him. You and Patty can go home. And it's kind of like permission. It's kind of release. But more than that, it's the acknowledgement that you truly are this kingdom church built up in the body that knows we have a king, his name is Jesus. And he's the one we need, not any individual, not any person. We need him. Why? Because Jesus has risen from the dead. And because of that, nothing can ever be the same. Because of that, he is the king of the universe, the king of this church, and we are his kingdom citizens, his kingdom people. And with one rector leaving and another one someday coming, we stand in power for the future. There's nothing to fear with a rector leaving. You've been provided with the most incredible leadership, resources, sacrifices, and most of all, you know the truth. We need Jesus, and we already have him. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the All Saints Podcast. To download future episodes automatically, you can subscribe and have the episodes delivered to you each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. And if you've liked the podcast so far, 
we would really appreciate it if you took a few minutes to give us a rating. As always, please be well, stay safe, and God bless.